Hello, 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 and welcome again to She Leads Business. And I am absolutely delighted to be here with a duo, a double act, in fact, a sister act. <laughs> we have Michaela Bolling and Emily Tricky, who are the co-founders and the people who run Brilliant Marketing. So welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, great to have you here. And, uh, and I'm excited. This is my first double interview <laughs> on the podcast anyway. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, listen, I always start off by, um, you know, just wanting to dive into, you know, what was life like for you growing up? And, and this is really interesting because, of course, you were sisters, so you grew up together. So t- tell me a bit more about that. Like, M- Michaela, what's your kind of resounding memory from being a child? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, well, Emily and I are about five years apart, so I'm the younger sister. So I think we have to say that, right? Because that has a lot of dynamics growing up, but, uh, yeah, it was really good. We grew up in Alaska, um, born and raised up here and, you know, living in Alaska, I think the biggest thing that I remember is just growing up in nature, being outside a lot. And just kind of the beauty that all surrounds you out there, because you really feel like you're kind of this small little being out in the in the wilderness of this great unknown. And so I think that has affected both Emily and I in, you know, what we like to do, our hobbies, and also, you know, kind of how we run our business and really trying to bring in that like natural element and some of that mindfulness and connecting to nature. Wonderful. I'm going to come back and ask you more about that later. That sounds really interesting. Uh, Emily, what about you when you, when, you know, what was most significant for you in growing up? I would agree. I think the place, um, Alaska, it's just so vast, so much nature. Um, so I would agree with what Michaela said. Um, I also think for me personally, I was always just really into sports and being very like active. And, um, and so that was like a big, uh, part of childhood for me. It's funny. Michaela and I are actually in Alaska right now visiting our parents. So we don't live here, but we're actually here, um, in the same house in different rooms right now, which is really funny because <laughs> um, we actually live yeah. apart. Michaela's in Hawaii. I'm in um, Bellingham, Washington. And, um, so it's just funny, like being back home here, my mom actually got out our like kind of memento memory boxes. And we were looking at them the other night of just things from high school and elementary school. And it was just really funny, like both going through those, like simultaneously together and just bringing up a lot of those different like memories and and things like that and being in the house that we grew up in. Um, so it's, yeah, I'd say significantly, it's just like the place growing up in Alaska. And, um, we had a really like loving family growing up and got along, um, pretty, pretty good. And, um, yeah, just did a lot of like adventuring and, um, like to continue to do that. Fantastic. And so wait, so Emily, you were into the sports, Michaela, what did, what did you do for hobbies, et cetera? Um, I also was really into sports and I don't know if that was, you know, I think we're both kind of athletic, but I think it was also, you know, kind of following in my sister's footsteps. I liked, you know, basketball, which was kind of Emily's main sport also did a lot of volleyball. Um, but I was also really into academics. I really liked school and, um, kind of 
the extracurricular that goes with kind of the academic school life. What did you like about it? Looking back, it's funny that you asked that question because I've reflected on it a lot over the past couple months, uh, wondering like, what was that driver, that determination to kind of, you know, always really get good grades and, you know, kind of excel. And I think there maybe is family, you know, kind of expectations, but on top of that, I think the feeling of myself, of being proud of myself is like a really big motivator of feeling like I accomplished something. And, uh, I don't know that I can like get things fast and kind of think through things and then be able to kind of show that through my academics. And what was your favorite subject? I Definitely liked in high school, I liked more of the kind of liberal arts, English and those kinds of things. Um, But then I just went back to school to get my MBA and I by and far loved the finance. It was like my favorite subject. So really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, very different. So what do you think's changed then for, you know, for you being, oh, I'm into the, all the arts and the English and the stories and all of that to then be like, okay, we got black and white facts. Yeah. You know, everything's there. Like, what do you think's changed in you that you were so drawn to that this time around when studying? The variety. So I think, you know, in my job right now, Um, It is very creative, uh, really high level strategy. You have to do a lot of creative thinking. And so I think that kind of liberal arts, my brain is already getting that on a day-to-day basis when I'm running my business and we're doing client work. And so then going back to school and being able to use kind of that other side of the brain that was more quantitative was just so fulfilling. And so having that kind of variety and like tapping into that again was really I don't know. It was really cool. Great. Fantastic. What about you, Emily? What, what was school like for you? Um, yeah, I always strove to get good grades. I think like Michaela said, it was a, like an unspoken expectation in our household. Like you should get straight A's. Um, and so I think it was always that drive to do better, um, and, you know, make your parents proud. Um, And same with sports kind of thing of like, oh, I feel like I can, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this to like compete against other people, um, and doing this to like prove, prove other people instead of doing it for what now I've reflected back and saying like, oh, I should have like done that for myself. Um, so that's kind of an interesting, um, insight, but in terms of school, um, I really liked the creative aspect. So in college, I studied communications, advertising, actually went in as like a marketing business marketing major and was in management classes and all these like accounting classes and stuff. And I was like, this is so boring. I want to be doing like ad campaigns and thinking big picture and taking design classes. And so definitely what filled my cup up was more of the, those communication and creative classes. Um, and connecting with people. Um, so that gave me a lot of fulfillment and, and energy. Fantastic. And I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? You've, there's similarities, but differences 
you know, be, between you. And uh, we'll talk more about how that actually shows up in your business as well. And, and you know, as a partnership. Um, so uh, is it, uh, do you have any other brothers and sisters in the family? We do. We have an older brother um, named Lee. He's three years older than me and eight years older than Michaela. What would you say was your biggest challenge in childhood? For me, I think uh, I was really shy when I was younger, like very, very shy. And uh, I think that kind of breaking out of my shell throughout school, like the progression of school and you know, making more and more friends and just kind of like getting, feeling maybe more confident to talk to people and to kind of like get out of that comfort zone was definitely like a challenge as I got older. I mean, I feel like when I hit, you know, middle school and high school, it was a lot better, but I think those earlier grades, it was definitely a lot more difficult for me being that kind of shy self. Uh, what, What do you think it was that flipped the switch for you? in high school then? I don't know. I actually remember in fifth grade, I had a really, I was in a class with a really good group of girlfriends and like, I made a lot of friends. Um, I started, we would play basketball out on the, uh, the recess in recess. And we'd always like beat all the boys because all of us were taller than all the boys at that point. And I don't know, I feel like that kind of, you know, having that group of, of friends and kind of feeling like, oh, you have, you're maybe good at something and there's just some kind of like fun brought into school again. And so I really felt like that fifth grade and then on into middle school, it just kind of increased over time. And then I do think being in sports was really helpful as well, because just like a huge confidence booster and you have kind of a built-in friend group with that, that team that you're on. Mm, Interesting. Interesting. What about you, Emily? What what was your biggest challenge growing up? I think just being like the middle child, trying to find like my place uh, and trying to kind of like prove myself or, you know, try and get attention. Um, And so I think that was something that, yeah, I think maybe other middle children feel that way too. I'm like Emily I'm the youngest I'm the youngest of five <laughs> got it yeah that's a lot um yeah so I think just kind of finding um your place and then trying to figure out like how how do you shine like what are the things that like make you shine that get other people to maybe like notice you maybe that's not like the right thing looking back as an adult I'm like oh I should have just been doing it like for myself and not trying to get like you know the outside kind of attention and so um that's I think something you know you can start for me just like having that like reflection and that awareness I I think it's a it's a weird thing when you're a teenager because on the one hand you want to fit in and then you also want to stand out Yes. And so I, I think that kind of push me, pull me dynamic happens a lot with teens. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's a kind of just a, a normal part of going through that that part of life. Um, it's, it's interesting you're talking about, you know, wanting wanting to know how you shine, wanting to find your place, 
wanting attention um and you know like, so so was there any acting out with that or was it more I, I'm just gonna be really good to get that <laughs> no there was acting out there was definitely acting out <laughs> hey Michaela we need to hear more about that <laughs> <laughs> no she was just like the most determined child ever I was just we were just talking to our mom about this I was asking her what Emily was like as a child and she's like she was just so determined she'd always you know if the older boys were out doing something the cousins like she was there and she was trying to do she could do it you know as good or better than them and she totally believed that too you know and so I think that that's not necessarily acting out but you know that really determined type child that uh I don't know, wants it all, wants to go do it all, wants to do it the best. <laughs> She's going to have her voice spoken, you know? I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. We grew up on a street. So I had an older brother and then I had two older cousins that we were around a lot that were boys. And then we lived on a street with some girls, but also some neighbor boys. And so it was just, I was the youngest one. And so I would be kind of like the tag along, but I'm like, I'm not going to let them see that I'm the youngest and I can do anything they can do and better. Um, so that was always kind of, I guess, my determining like factor. They couldn't tell me I couldn't come because I couldn't keep up because I could. <laughs> okay. Right. It, it's so funny. I, the, the, um, the song for the musical just popped into my head. Anything you can do, I can do better. And that's the kind of feel that I'm just getting of you kind of, sure. no, you're not leaving me behind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So where do you think that's shown up in your life today, Emily? It's interesting because I feel like, you know, I was very like more competitive and had more of that like energy younger. And like when I was playing sports and then I actually played basketball in college. And then after college, I, you know, needed a break from sports and, and that type of thing. And so I kind of stopped doing that, those organized sports and put my energy more into like learning how to ski and doing more of like individual type things. And so I think that kind of energy, energy got put more into like my career, wanting to like excel in my career. And then also, um, just kind of being outdoors. And so I feel like that part of me kind of like subdued, um, a little bit more. And, uh, and so it's been fun, like coming back and looking at some of these childhood memories and talking to my mom and be like, Oh yeah, I, I had that like really strong fire. Like, I need to like harness that in another way, <laughs> um, that energy. So it's been fun. And I actually have two, two small children too. So I feel like I've just more recently over the last three years, just, you know, being a mom and a business owner and life's very full right now. And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of a, another phase of life. Absolutely. Well, it is a journey <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so tell me, Emily, you know, like the two of you didn't leave college and set up a business together. So what was your journey to getting there? Let's see. So we actually, um, it was, I guess, four years ago almost to the day we went on a, um, a road trip together with, uh, my best friend who's actually Michaela's sister-in-law. So 
there's a connection there. And uh, I had just quit my job working in a global uh, communications PR agency. Michaela had just quit her job working for in San Diego, working for um, a big nonprofit. And um, so we were kind of in this flux state um, of kind of change. We knew we both wanted a change in in our working lives. Um, and so for me, it was like, I want to, I don't want to work for assholes. (laughs) I want to work for people who, um, and on clients and work that I believe in, um, on a deep level, I don't want to have to do like surface level stuff and, and, and that type of thing and working in a big kind of stressful agency. And so so having a job that really aligned with my values and the lifestyle that I wanted to lead, which Michaela and I both really like to travel and and Michaela was kind of in the same boat too. She wanted more time to, um, travel and spend more time up in Alaska and have more flexibility. And, um, so we started talking, we're like, like, I think I'm going to start like freelancing and um, doing this. And she's like, oh, well, maybe I should start doing that too. And we're like, we should create a company, like a brand together. And we'll each be kind of our separate contractors and we'll have this kind of brand together. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And then later that year, we developed a website and we actually sat down and brainstormed and what are our service offerings and who we're going to go after. And we created a website. Uh, probably like six months later, um, and kind of launched. And, and then we got our, our first, some clients, um, a few months kind of into it. And we did that for about a year and it was going really well. I think we were both a little nervous going into it. Like, how is this going to play out being sisters? Like we both, you know, work, we love each other and we get along really well. Like, but how is it going to be like working together? Um, and so it started off being like, really good. Um, and exciting, like, Oh man, we can like charge money for like our skills that people will pay us for this thing that we know how to do. Um, so it was very like fulfilling in that way. Um, and then we kind of had to make this decision, like, okay, are we going to continue to kind of operate as like separate and kind of entities, or are we going to like come together and really try to like build this business together? And so we decided that we wanted to come together and have this partnership. And, um, we, you know, developed a partnership agreement with an attorney and developed, you know, our LLC and did all of that. Um, and so that was, you know, a little scary, but at the same time, it was also really exciting. And so that's been a little over three years since that happened. Um, and so now it's just ever since I feel like every year we've just grown as a business and as people, um, and, you know, there's been challenges and things that have come up. Um, yet I think at the end of the day, we both feel a really deep, um, trust with each other because we've, we are sisters and we're family. And so sometimes there can be, you know, interesting dynamics with that, but, um, the positive part of that is you have someone that you trust and that like always has your back and, um, you just, you know, have a deep love for them. So I think that translates into like our business. Oh, you get the warm fuzzies now. (laughs) 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 Wonderful. Um, you said uh, you were a bit nervous about how things may play out. What specifically were you nervous, uh, most nervous about Emily? 
think for me, it was just, um, okay, if this doesn't play out, you know, how does this impact our relationship? You know, you always hear of, you know, family suing each other or, you know, the saying like never go into business with your friends or your family and, uh, and that type of thing. And so I think there was kind of some fear around that it would impact our relationship negatively and have a like, like, is this worth it? Is it worth it going in business now if it's going to like impact a bunch of stuff in the future kind of thing? So, um, but at the end of the day, we both agreed that um, we just want to really be transparent and have open communication. And I think that's really helped. How, how do you structure that transparent open communication? I don't think there's like a specific framework or anything that we, or a process, but for me, it's really just making sure that her and I have time to connect, not only like just on business stuff to talk about business stuff. And we kind of have like, okay, real talk. Like, how are you really feeling right now about this? Um, but also making time outside of work to get together and be like, we just need sister time and like not talk about business. Um, and so having that like connection and then sometimes, you know, when we're just having that sister time, then it's, you're feeling like, okay, there's like that, that connection is stronger. If there's something that was bugging me now, I feel like comfortable and we're, or we're in a different like environment to kind of like talk about it. Um, so I think that's for, at least for me. And I know talking with Michaela, finding that time where it's like, this is our work time. And then this is like, also like our time where it's not work. We need to like build and cultivate like our relationship as sisters. So it's creating those boundaries then. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, you mentioned, you know, that you, like you, you'd quit your job. Uh, was it something in particular that prompted you to do that? Yes. <laughs> I actually had a mountain bike accident. Um, I had a concussion, a really bad concussion. And, um, it kind of was like this catalyst in my life that made me rethink, um, everything that I had going on. It really impacted me on like a health level of, um, I couldn't really be on screens and I would get massive headaches and get really bad anxiety and had all these kind of like health issues kind of like pop up as I was, um, kind of re- trying to recover from it. And I realized like, I can't work this really stressful job and be on a screen like eight to 10 hours a day. Um, it's just not working. And I had already, I'd already kind of realized like that I wanted to leave that job, but I just didn't really know what I wanted to do next. And, um, and was afraid to kind of like leave, I guess. And so it was, um, through that process. And I actually did a yoga training at the same time. And, uh, through that yoga training, I was able to kind of develop that confidence and tap into that intuition of like, what is it that I really want to do? And, um, and I actually did this meditation. And after this meditation, it was like, you need to quit your job. You need to start your own business and like work for businesses and companies that you care about. And you feel like are making the world a better place. And so it took me, you know, nine months after having that kind of aha moment to actually do that. Um, but that was, I guess, kind of like 
the catalyst of leaving my job and kind of leaving that chapter. I had to close that chapter in order to kind of like move on to the next, next one. And it's been really cool. Like I thought I was going to be doing it alone. And then when Mikhail was like, I'm interested in this and it just made it that much more exciting. And I think we've been able to, like, if I was, would have done this on my own, I don't think we would, I would have been as successful. I couldn't have like been where we are today without Michaela. Like she brings such a, a unique skill set that I don't have. Um, and her drive and passion is like really cool to witness and, um, feel be a part of. Fantastic. Um, quick question that meditation was that before or after the accident? After, after. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I also have had some <laughs> kind of big message messages during meditation. I think sometimes we just need to create that space to listen to ourselves or the universe sure. or whatever it is that you believe in. <laughs> That's, you know, if we create that space, it's amazing what we can actually learn. I yeah. totally agree with that. Mm. And I think I, I, in, the working world, you're just so caught up of like the next thing, the next thing. And it's just like, you don't have any time to have that grounding, um, that time and energy to like, just be introspective and just be, and be okay with that. <laughs> exactly. We have to create that. We have to structure our time <laughs> for that. In fact, uh, Michaela, yeah. so what prompted you to leave your job? So you were working for nonprofits. Do you want to tell a bit more about what you were doing there? Yeah, it was a clean energy nonprofit. I uh, did a lot of, ran a lot of programs for the state and I just had a lot of different programs that they did to kind of promote and accelerate clean energy. And I was running almost a, another nonprofit within the organization that was a little bit more focused on, uh, community education and outreach. It was a like an, an environmental dashboard essentially that looked at economic and environmental indicators. And so there was like research that we did and then we would kind of categorize and say, you know, how well is San Diego doing in, you know, water usage, in energy usage, in, uh, you know, our economy, those kinds of things. And so I would go out and do a bunch of presentations and talk to the community and, um, I really liked it. It was awesome. I met so many different people. Uh, it was, I think the story of kind of burnout that so many people say of like not enough support, um, that you have, I was kind of doing it on my own with some, some support from different people, but, uh, really kind of like, all right, you're on your own. You also have to fundraise all the money to keep this project going. And I kind of got unlike Emily that it's like, took her nine months to quit. I kind of had this, like, point where I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And a week later I put in my notice, <laughs> um, but that's kind of my, my personality of kind of making those decisions and kind of, I don't know, it takes me maybe a long time to make the decision, but once I make it, it's like, it happens. <laughs> She's off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Absolutely. yeah, after that, mm. kind of what Emily said of just kind of not really knowing what was next and, uh, but knowing that I kind of wanted to build something for myself because I was doing, I was kind of building a business or building a nonprofit within this role. And then I realized, you know, why am I doing it for this 
organization that maybe doesn't appreciate it, or I can't do it in my own way. And so then I, I don't know, I just kind of had this thing where I'm like, I can do this for myself, like felt so empowered to be able to do, do it for myself. Absolutely. Because you were basically being an entrepreneur, like an entrepreneur within an organization. So, and now you are both entrepreneurs (laughs) doing it for yourselves, as you say. So, so tell, just, can you just explain a little bit about, you know, what is brilliant marketing? So what are you doing? What kind of clients do you work for? Um, how do you have things structured? You know, I know you've got some team members as well. So um, you could just kind of lay out how, how all that works for you right now. Yeah. Uh, brilliant marketing is a branding and marketing consultancy for brands reimagining the world. And so we really like to work with like Emily just said, not assholes, but we reframed that into purpose-led businesses um, that are, you know, having a really positive impact. And I know that's such a broad statement, um, but kind of how we like to define that is people that are kind of innovating in their industry um, or are really mission-driven. And so the the industries that we've been working in is a lot of professional services. So uh, we have a couple... HR leadership development organizations that are really focused on, you know, conscious leadership or different types of leadership that are transforming the cultures of these different big technology organizations. And so for us, that is a core passion because we both experienced within organizations how different leadership, different culture can really impact your life like on a very, very real level. And so that, yeah, (laughs) huge. So that is definitely um, something, you know, fits into that category for us. We also probably 40% of our clients are also nonprofits. Um, We have had some nonprofits in kind of that clean energy, renewable energy field or environmental field, um, because that's definitely my passion. Um, also kind of in the social, social services as well. We work with one nonprofit, um, in Seattle that is doing a lot of work with, uh, health for different, different groups of people. And then as far as our services go, we have kind of two main buckets that we like to think of. One is our brand strategy side, which takes people through kind of our full process from um, discovery, research, developing these customer personas to developing uh, a messaging and a new brand story for the client, the visual branding, and then developing a marketing strategy and and a plan for them to really launch that. Um, And then on the other side, so that's kind of our project base. And then on the other side, we have our content development that we're doing, which is more on a monthly basis, helping people with uh, content marketing, email, social, blogging, videos, those types of things to really make people be, to position people as thought leaders and educate their customers. And then we're also launching a new service, which is more advising and coaching. Uh, So helping more smaller businesses or entrepreneurs with kind of marketing and business coaching as well. And take a deep breath. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so so you're kind of covering the, the gamut there. One of the things I really like about what you've talked about is that you have, from a business model point of view, you have a recurring income, and then you also have the project work. So 
is it the case that typically the people who come in to do the brand strategy work then end up coming into the recurring or do you find you have different types of clients for each of those? Uh, now that we, you know, you're always learning within your business, right? Uh, and so we do have quite a few clients that just had done, just came in to do the kind of monthly content marketing mm -hmm. um, and didn't really go through the full brand strategy process. And now what we've realized is that at least at some level, that brand strategy process is incredibly important for us to do a good job with our content marketing. And so now we're kind of requiring people to at least go through some part of our initial process to have that background information, that story, that visual side before we do the um, content marketing. Okay. And I would add yep. that um, a lot of our clients do that do come in for the project-based um, initial um, branding work. A lot of them do kind of translate to um, the ongoing monthly. I mean, that's, that's the end goal is to, because we, we've invested, they've invested in us, we've invested in them. And then it's, we really understand the brand and the story and the marketing yeah. channels they should be on. And so let's continue helping them execute. Absolutely. I, I think there's so many content, social media marketing agencies out there and with a lot of them, there's just very little strategy <laughs> at all. So, you know, I see this a lot where in my discussions with them, but also in terms of clients who come to me having worked with these kinds of organizations and they're not getting any results. And, you know, I ask them a few questions and they the, the can't answer the questions because they haven't been through a process to get clear on well, what I would call their market domination position and, and those kinds of things. So, uh, so yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that totally makes sense to me. So in terms of the makeup of the team, like, so have you, have you kind of gone, okay, Michaela's responsible for this. Emily's responsible for this, you know, other team, like how clearly have you delineated uh, your roles for, for both of you and for team members? Michaela, do you want to take, <laughs> <laughs> take that one? Uh, well, so Emily was just on six months of maternity leave. So um, when she started her maternity leave, we brought on, there was people working for us, but we brought them on as in a more, a bigger capacity. And so it was kind of easy in the sense that, you know, then I was kind of the, the point person. I was overseeing everything. They had their particular roles. Uh, we knew that when em Emily came back, we had a lot of work to do as far as, okay, now that we have these other people working with us, how do we, who's responsible for what, who are they reporting to? How do we know, you know, who, how do we yeah, make those lines and those boundaries? And so uh, she just came back in early May. And so we've been working on our org chart and we thought that we got it to kind of a fine finalized point. We know it's always going to be changing, uh, but we actually took your ignition profiles and we were, we're kind of sitting there talking about it and saying, maybe we should relook at our org chart and just make sure that we're all in the, the right roles and positions. Okay, great. Well, um, do, do you want to explain what profile you came out as and, and what you learned about yourself from that, Michaela, and any questions you might have? Yeah. So I came out as the pilot, uh, which I thought was interesting and kind of 
at first I was like, I don't know if this fits me. You know, there's some parts that I feel like are very real. Like there's one part in particular uh, that was really funny, Um, but there are other parts. Yeah. So there, there, okay. So one part of the pilot is talking about, you know, how the ways that you get frustrated and it says you may get frustrated with other people when they can't keep up with you or are not able to do what you can do. And literally the night before Emily and I were talking and I was, I had this kind of epiphany a few weeks ago about this kind of anger or frustration that I have with literally in those same words, I said them. And so we were laughing, uh, last, last night, uh, about that. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and, and what else was there that you maybe didn't resonate with so much? I think there's some parts about, you know, I don't really see myself as someone I'm trying to find the, the, um, parts, uh, kind of needing to be the center of attention or t- really being super talkative. Um, and yeah, kind of, kind of like being that person that people are like drawn to. I don't really see myself as that person. Like I, or, and there's another part about extroversion. And I actually think that I'm more, I'm kind of in the middle, but a little bit more on the introvert side. Mm-hmm. So that part of it, what did not resonate with me, but then there was the other parts of it that did resonate with me with like those really varied and exciting roles. You're kind of navigating people through flying them in different directions. You're really like excited about new places and new things. So those all things definitely resonated with me. Mm, Interesting. And so one of the things that's, um, that we always do as well is like, we don't just sell these profiles. We always have some kind of interaction around it. For this very reason, because, you know, I can't say that the purpose behind this profiling tool is to help people to understand how to be in flow and how to structure their business so that them and each person in the business can be more in flow. So so you came out as the pilot, which is um, so, so there's four main fuels. Uh, that make up this compass we'll try and put a picture into the notes i know it won't show up on every app (laughs) we'll try and have a link and so if you imagine a compass and you have north south east and west so nova is the north and nova fuel is all about big picture thinking um you know talking fast moving fast um innovation that's the real value that happens there now in complete contrast to that in the south we have sensational fuel so these people are very grounded they're not like the astronaut and the pilots that you have with the lots of nova fuel that are flying around or you know uh, going at light speed in outer space these are the people who have their ears to the ground where they they know what is going on they're really able to sense what's happening because they're looking people in the eye they're not kind of at the front of a plane and bringing people with them all the passengers you know behind them so and but you know but they can have a challenge of getting bogged down in the detail okay so they're very good at doing the detail you quite often find these people in hospitality and um in administration and customer service and uh, and the medical professions um and then we have the people who have a lot of wise fuel over in the west And so these are the people who are more introverted and analytical. And so what they're fantastic at is analyzing the detail and, you know, making improvements. So how do we optimize? How do we improve 
um, that's what they're really good at. Um, but sometimes they can be so risk averse that they miss out on opportunities. Um, and then in the East, we have those with exuberant fuel. And so these are the extroverts, the people who are people people. It's all about conversation. And you know, I've heard so many of these people say, well, if it hasn't got a pulse, I'm not interested. <laughs> they, you know, it's all about people. Um, now, so for you, Michaela, um, so you came out as a pilot, which is the, the blend, it's the northeast corner. Um, of, mm -hmm. You can't really have a corner of a circle, but you know what I mean? It's in the northeast. And so you got that yeah. blend of the Nova and the exuberance. Now, I'm not going to say to you, yes, you, the, the test came out as a pilot. You're definitely a pilot. Only you can know what has you most in flow. Um, so yeah. it's possible that what you're talking about is, you know, we, we each have secondary profiles. So if you think of yourself on a plane, so you're, you're, you're the pilot in the plane. Um, if you want to go in a different direction, what do you have to do? Oh, steer it. Yeah, <laughs> right. You steer it. When you steer it, the plane dips on one side to help you to go in the direction that you want. So basically, in order to get where you want to go, sometimes you have to lean on one wing or lean on the other. But what you don't want to do is stay leaning on that wing because then you end up going around in circles, right? <laughs> so you have, if you imagine your, the, your primary profile is the body of the plane, but then you have the ones on either side of you are your wings and they support you in getting where you want to go. You can step into those, but you kind of really want to be stepping back into uh, working with your primary profile. So it may well be that, um, you know, you are a pilot. It's possible you might be more the other way because what you said about that introversion and extroversion is quite interesting. So the pilot mm -hmm. is definitely more extroverted. Now, that doesn't mean that, I mean, extroverts still need alone time. You know, otherwise it would be like an all-you-can-eat buffet all day. And that will be exhausting, even for an extrovert. <laughs> so we all need to have alone time. I mean, you know, uh, my husband is an introvert. He's an air traffic controller. Um, he doesn't go out much, and especially not without me. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's rare that I have an evening home alone. So when I have an evening home, I'm like, yay, I've got, I've got the place to myself. <laughs> even though I'm an extrovert, I am a pilot, okay? So, um, oh, cool. Uh, Right. So, so, so this, so this is something to understand, but if you genuinely have that balanced introvert extrovertism, yeah. then that would indicate you perhaps maybe are more of an astronaut than a pilot. You know, you only need to answer a couple of questions slightly different to get that different result. Um, and actually just bear with you a moment. I'm just going to look at your profile as well. Um, uh, I was just going to say, so I've, uh, I took the disc kind of a similar, you know, uh, I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's kind of yeah. another profiling tool. And, uh, I was like almost on the line between two, between the extrovert and the introvert. So I always, I think that's always funny. I'm like very much kind of like in the middle, but a lot of times I'll, yeah, depending on what I take, it'll say that I'm an E or I'm an I. And it's interesting because you can't quite overlay different profiling tools, but certain underlying principles will apply because they're all measuring different things, you know, right. there can be commonalities for sure. So um, that balance, I think, is making the distinction between I'm an extrovert, but of course I do like to have some time alone or the well, actually, you know, 
50 50 is what would have me happy i want to spend and it's and it's also understanding about well what's the real meaning between being more introverted and more extroverted and uh, there's two key ways of thinking about that a lot of people think it's about well how much do you talk no, no, there's much more to it than that. <laughs> so extroverts tend to process and think out loud. So there are numbers of, number of times that I've said something and then gone, oh, I didn't realize I thought that <laughs> until I'd actually said it. <laughs> so, you know, that processing externally is very much a, an extrovert type thing. Introverts process on the inside and only speak when they know what they think for sure. This is why you sometimes get that analytical person looking at an extrovert thinking out loud, thinking out loud, going, they're rambling. They've no idea what they're talking about. And actually, they could be really smart and have amazing insights, but they just haven't got to the conclusion yet. It's just all happening out loud. <laughs> so that's, right. that's one thing. And then the other is about how do you rejuvenate? So for an introvert, they will always want to rejuvenate on their own, away from, and it's not just even on their own, it's about, the, it's about having a limited amount of stimulus, whereas an extrovert will want more people, more colors, more variety, different experiences, you know, that for them to rejuvenate, they might call somebody or go and visit somebody and go away feeling energized afterwards. Yeah. So, so thinking about that, would you say, actually, no, I probably am a bit more extroverted, but I just, you know, need that downtime bit of introversion. No. Or do you feel I would say I'm a little bit more on the introverted side because I feel like the rejuvenation aspect for me is I really get rejuvenated when I have alone, when I'm alone and not around people or a lot of stimulus. Right. Okay. So that would kind of probably pull you back towards the astronaut then. So let me ask you another question to help define this. Um, when you, when it comes to you creating, would mm -hmm. you rather create from a blank sheet of paper or would your creations more resemble being like a magpie where you take a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of the other and put your own spin on it? The magpie. Okay, see, that's more the pilot. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so, I'm an enigma. <laughs> well, you know, it's like obviously in today's podcast, you know, interview, we have a limited amount of time to discuss this. Um, one of the yeah. things that's really important to understand is that you know, understanding our profile and, and figuring out what has us be most in flow actually has quite a significant impact on the business model we might choose, the role we choose to play within a business, what we choose to outsource and delegate to team members, the gaps we might want to fill. Um, but that, I think the biggest thing is understanding what game you want to play. Because the, the astronaut game in your industry is very much that creating from scratch. Um, mm. it's, it's real pure innovation. Now, of course, every creator needs stimulus and input, okay? So even though they're creating from scratch, of course they have <laughs> inputs coming in. Um, but the, the pilot's innovation is more taking things that already exist 
And because of having that exuberant fuel, it's more connected to people. Um, and so think about, um, so Steve Jobs, he was an astronaut. His idea of market research apparently was to look at the mirror and go, what do you think? You know, where, whereas actually interesting pilots do tend to be very good at branding because they have that innovative energy, yet they're also really thinking about the audience. They're thinking about the people within the company, within the brand, um, and they're connecting that as well. Um, so it, it might be the case that, um, you know, might be something we discuss further uh, or that you kind of, well, I, I'm going to play this game and see how it works and then do that for a few weeks. And then I'm going to play this other game and see how that works for a few weeks. Because um, also in terms of um, how you decide on, you know, what uh, growth strategies you're use, utilizing, the growth strategies for an astronaut and a pilot would be different. Mm, so, interesting yeah so so what comes most easy to you you know could be you know could be different from that as well um i'm going to come to emily because we actually have someone who knows you very well and who perhaps might be a bit more um unbiased yeah objective that's the word yes <laughs> i mean and she might be objective but also family members can be very biased <laughs> but i'm just curious emily what's your view on this discussion knowing michaela and having worked with her as you do where where, where do you, you know, do you have an opinion on where she sits what's your thoughts well um it's just really interesting that you brought you brought up her compass here like look how dis pretty evenly distributed she is like in a lot of these areas, which I think is interesting on mine. It's very like, this is me. And I don't have a lot in these other ones. So it's like very interesting for Michaela. Um, and I'll go back to your, I'll answer your question. Um, but just from Michaela, she's very, you know, from a young age, she's been very smart and is good at like kind of whatever, like whatever she decided to kind of pick up and, and try, she could kind of master it. Um, and so I think that's maybe kind of what's showing up here too, on these types of things is she could do a lot of these different things and these different profiles, like probably pretty well. Um, but I would say between the astronaut and the pilot, it's hard because I feel like knowing her, she's definitely more of like the introvert. Like that's where it looks like when she's burnt out, she needs to go, um, you know, away from people and go on a hike and like, just be away from people and have really like downtime. And that's how I know that's how she, like, she gets over, you know, kind of whelmed with things, um, in that sense and just needs to go be by herself. Um, yet I think she's really good at like with our business, like she's been taking a lot of like our services and our, in our, um, structure of how we run our business and our services and creating processes around them and like how to make them really efficient. And, um, and so I think she has been creating like frameworks for us as we grow. And so that's been really helpful for me coming in and being like, Oh, I can just take this and kind of like run with a structure. So she's, so that seems more of like the pilot kind of energy. Um, and so, yeah, I think she's kind of in between, but I would say maybe more of like that maybe more of like the pilot for work and more personally, like the, the astronaut for uh, personal or something. But I think maybe more of like the pilot, I would say. 
Tune into part two where we continue the discussion around profiles, flow, and Emily and Michaela's number one business challenge and how we help them along with that.